0: Fox Sports is the home of Australian rugby and this is the official Fox Rugby podcast with your host,
1: Nick McCardell.
0: And it is terrific to have your company once again on the Fox Rugby Podcast. And to uh, have Sam Worthington and Christy Doran along from foxsports.com.au. And Glenn Eller, welcome to you. It is uh, great to have you on board for the podcast this week. What are you up to nowadays, on, on and off the field, uh, away from rugby?
1: Well, off the field, uh, the family's formed a foundation, aptly called Elevation. And uh, we mentor uh, Aboriginal kids in, on the south coast of New South Wales wanted to make sure that they finished uh, Year 12 and then obviously then progress into further studies or, or employment. So we're funded by Prime and Cabinet um, and down there for quite a, quite a bit lately. What
0: a great thing to, to be off, involved in. Yeah. Off the field, not a lot. Right, right. So, so not not anything with rugby at the moment?
1: No, by my own choice, which is, which is good. So just have a bit of a break, get, get away from it a little bit and just... Just watch it like every other Australian. Mm.
2: Uh, Glenn, you were telling us before we, we jumped on air about um, you, you most recently was coaching a, a, a subby side. You, you asked your brother to help you out. What was his response?
1: Well, I, I just wanted Gary to come down and just give, give us an, a, an overview of the backs and how, how they're going. And um, he just told me, I'm mean, not, not a chance, I'm going fishing. But, um <laughs> I thought that was a good, good, good answer. So that was my reason for not doing much at, at the moment.
3: <laughs> Still very passionate about your rugby, though, um, no doubt, and, and, and watching, um, watching all the stuff. What did you make of the the weekend off the top? Uh,
1: very frustrating. Again, I think that's uh, the main issue with with Australian rugby at the moment. It's frustrating. Um, you know, not being able to to score tries, um, defenses all over the place. Look, there's just not one one point you could put on the Wallabies' performance at the moment, but. You know they, they need fixing in, in a lot of uh, a lot of areas.
0: When you are watching a game like that, do you have your your backs coach's hat on? Do you think, oh, well, what are you doing there? Would you know? Should you be doing this, or why aren't they doing this? Is it difficult for you to watch a game without having that thought process?
1: Yeah, oh, definitely, without doubt. And and you know, sometimes you pre-empt uh, what's going on, and my wife sits here and looks at me, but you know, you can just see what's things evolving. And um, at the moment, with with the Wallabies and way they played last last week, or the last couple of weeks obviously, uh, they're, they're moving sideways with the ball and obviously Kirtley exacerbates that a little bit because his first reaction is to go sideways but the trouble is everyone else goes sideways as well. Like the old, the old days if you run straight, you hold someone up at the moment we're not holding any defence mm. up and they're just sliding across and knocking us over
0: And is that twofold in that okay, we know Kirtley has propensity to do that so someone's got to come and straighten him up
1: Exactly, exactly, look at Look, Mark was a, a great 5'8, obviously. Um, he used to drift across the field as well, but he had guys like Lordy Walker, who's down a little bit wide and then hit the ball straight. Mm. You know, someone's got to hit the ball straight eventually. And, you know, with, with, with the, with the line out being all over the place as well, it's, uh, in terms of first phase plays and trying to bust the line there, we're all over the place. We've, we've got no chance. I mean, I looked, I watched the game again. Uh, there's no deception in what we're trying to do. Um, so it's you know we've got to go back to square one. Watching the Wallabies at the weekend, that that as you said, that a lot
3: of lateral movement um, and not engaging the the South Africans um, more directly
1: was that clearly the game plan from Stephen Larkham? Do you think, or is that just how it how it played out on the field? Well, again, Steve is probably one of the smartest rugby brains that I've ever been associated with, without doubt. So that's what again frustrates me that. A guy of, who've, who've got astounding talents on the field, he's not translating that to the, the guys off. You know that, that is coaching um, very frustrating. Um, you know he should be he should be telling them what to do, and the guys not thinking are they thinking on their feet that hey this is not working? Like they've they've got to react to how they're defending as well. Whether that comes from the coach's box or that comes from players on the field saying hey this is not working. What are we going to do ne- next? I don't think there was any play that come back against the grain. As we went, we went sideways and we passed it sideways and the ball went over the head. You know, we got away with it once where, where you know, Kenya passed the ball and we we scored in the corner. But that was the only time. You know, nothing come back to hold that drift defence up. Mm. Glenn, you've...
2: Coached for for the Wallabies with Eddie Jones in the early 2000s, and, and you've also recently, and, and it, re- relatively it is, just a couple of years ago, you're part of the, the England set up to Argentina in 2017, and, and also uh, in the three test series here in, in June in, in 2016. From an English perspective, looking at the Wallabies, firstly, have you seen uh, a digression? Have they degressed, do you think, over those couple of years, or do you think that, uh, that from an English perspective? lens that
1: it was quite easy and predictable to, to watch how the Wallabies were playing? Yeah, look when we come into that series, obviously knowing check and what's the Wallabies, I had a fair idea what they were trying to do um, in terms of whether I digressed, uh, I've got to be careful because look, I am good mates with, with, with Czech and um, you know, I, after the English series, I wrote a couple of articles on a, on a website that sort of got under his under his nose a little bit and I criticise, only because I was saying that the Wallaby skill level is, is, is terrible. You know, defence was terrible. Catch and pass was terrible. Uh, kicking was all over the place. And then, you know... He had a few word goes back at me, and no, no, well, that's he, fair enough. He questioned your patriotism, didn't he? Exactly he, right. He, he did. He said,
0: uh, he said what's, it, what's an Aussie doing working for England? I don't know where, he's, where his head's at at the
1: time. Well, yes, I did I did copy that. And that. Look, that was very disappointing because, you know, that's just the way that professionalism goes at the moment. You know, you've got – there's not too many – well, in Australia, yes, and New Zealand, but, you know, the other northern hemisphere coaches are all – not all foreigners, but most of them are foreign, so mm. that's just the way it was, so – I don't think that's improved since then. Um, you know, we've got Mick Byrne in there to, to assist in those skills. But, gee, I've seen some of the games and I just shake my head and say, we're, you know, like, this is basic stuff. We're not talking about complicated plays or anything like this. This is, we're just talking about catch pass. And unfortunately, a lot of that's very poor.
2: F- Phil Kearns throughout the commentary on a, a number of occasions in the second half, uh, on the weekend said that the Wallabies need to just stop trying to score from each play. Is that what you're seeing too? Because that that also is a, uh, the Wallabies' first phase. Typically, are just spreading the
1: ball from side to side, and, and it doesn't seem like they're ever going through the forwards through the middle. Well, you know the old saying: you've got to earn the right to go to go wide. And yeah, if, you, you keep on going wide if it works. But if it's not working, you know that's where you have got to stop and say, okay, well that's not working. What are we going to do? What's there doesn't seem to be a plan B or C. Mm. Um, and that's a frustrating thing. They just do the same thing. You you know, right until the end of the game, they were still trying to chuck that wide ball to get us wide and they had us covered most of the time.
0: So, well, just on keeping on doing the same thing and, and maybe that in a way can translate to them not thinking for themselves and then also comes back to something that Kernsey has said before. He feels that players um, are so programmed, so overcoached from a, a relatively young age, that they get into the gold jersey and and they're still wanting to be told what to do all the time, that that, that over time they lose the ability to think for themselves. Is there something in that?
1: Well, yeah, look, there's definitely something in that. I mean, I used to look after Kirtley when he was coming through the, the, the GPS system in, in St Joseph's College and I, I'd say to him on many occasions, look, just forget about what the case is saying just play the way that you want to play and everyone's got to follow you because he was a leader, he was making the breaks, he was instigating all the plays. So you can't go into that regiment where you've you just got to play, you know. I mean, yes, there's this game plan you need to, to follow, but if that's, you know, the, you, you got to vary that based on what's in front of you, you know. So... If you've got a, a, a defence that's drifting all the time and you just keep on playing that, like no matter how good your backs are, they're going to get knocked over. So you've got to start thinking on your feet. And that's got, that input's got to come from the, the whole back line, not just one play. So you can't lead up to Bernard Foley to make that decision. You can't leave up to Kirtley. When they have a break, okay, what's working? What are we going to do next? And that's got to come down from the box as well. Interesting to get your thoughts on um, working with England players compared to
3: Australian, because Eddie Jones has got a reputation for being you know, a very structured coach and playing with a lot of patterns as well. So, how did, how did you find working with those England guys compared to what you'd experienced? Oh,
1: out look, here? it was good. I mean, yes, they are very structured, and Eddie, that's the way that Eddie, Eddie coaches. So, look, to be honest with you, I couldn't do too much. It's like coming into a, <clears throat> a, a coaching a team for the first time when you get invited to think you can't change. Everything you've just got to go with the flow and just give the guys little hints on what they you know what I think that's going to make them a little bit better. Have a look at their their, their alignments. Um, maybe they're too deep, they're too flat, um, and then just work on those little things. So those little things is just got to make them think. <coughs> excuse me, and. You know, make them better players. Well, it, it, quite interestingly, at <laughs> the moment with the
2: with the Wallabies, you've got Kurtley Beale clearly at ten and and uh, Matt Tamur at twelve. But but obviously Bernard and and Kirtley have played a lot of ten twelve at the moment. Looking at England, they're they're also going through a a, a, a period in their time where they're still establishing what their best. Ten, twelve is at the moment. Is it George Ford? Is it Danny Cipriani? Is it Owen Farrell? And they're and they're playing that second playmaker
1: at twelve a lot at the moment. There's a few similarities there, isn't there? Oh, there, there definitely is, and that's you know they they've got to make that decision sooner than later. It's the same thing with Australia. I mean, the frustration, and if I was Steve Larkham, the frustration is the team changes. You know, you look at uh, probably Genia and Corbetti has been the only people and have been standard. playing yeah. in the same position all along. Kurtley's changed. You got burn out of the out of the side. You've got different centers. Israel on the on the wing now. Israel on A- the wing, A- pullback. You know it's all over the place. So, from my perspective with check, I'd say just pick your best team, regardless of what you think, and just keep on playing and you know chopping and changing. And that happened in that England series, and it's happened in the forwards since that they just chop changes at the back row whether you know Hannigan is is, a, is the best option there at blindside. You, do, you definitely need a big... And I understand there's a few injuries. You do need a bigger ball runner in, in that area. You know, putting putting Hooper in the front of the line out and expecting him to win the line out. Like, that's just... Why don't you chuck the ball to the opposition? So there's a lot of things that are, are fairly common sense, from my perspective, that they should be engaging in. But, you know, and then trying to play the Australian way, it's, it's hard, you know. You've got to be very well skilled and you've got to be supportive of your players and, you know, it's not working at the moment. Well, what is the Australian way, like, Glenn? Well, who knows? It depends on which coach is in play at the time. <laughs> you know, we, we all like to play attacking rugby and that's the way we were brought up and that, that's for you. But you've got to play to the level of the the, the, the players you've got in front of you. We're not, we haven't got the skill level of the, the, the Kiwis at the moment so we might have to play a more direct game. You know, get us across the advantage line. Get our forwards going forward, and then you know, then we should have Israel running on the inside of Curtley. Like, where was the <clears throat> the blindside wingers when you know when we were going forward? The options on the inside or the outside, there's none. There were just none. Yeah. So we're not giving we're not giving them anything to think about. We're not giving the defence anything to think about. That's going to be of danger. You've mentioned that you are, you know, still pretty close with uh, Check, and, and yeah, so you probably
3: want to be uh, slightly guarded with your comments. But do do you see a way out for the for the Wallabies under the current coaching staff, or do you think there needs to be some change in, in the setup to, to to shake something out of them?
2: And that doesn't necessarily mean at the head coach either.
3: That just yeah. The, yeah, no, quite right. Did, I mean, do you, do you think something has to change to, to get better performances? Well, but it does seem like they're going around in circles
1: a bit. The there, this you need to spark something in in, in the guys. I mean, we know. They they're they busting their backsides, there's no issue with that. We know the Czech's passionate about uh the team and, and moving forward, but there's there's just something that's missing there. There's just that, that little thing that's um that that we need to tap on to tap into very, very quickly. I mean I'm pretty sure by this time next year we're playing the World Cup that you know, I think we'll we'll get our back back together. But as for the Australian public watching the games, it's it's very frustrating.
2: Uh, at the same time, this is occurring in Australian rugby at the moment. Eddie Jones has just hired, um, John Mitchell and, um, Mantle. But he's always, always throughout his career, Eddie Jones had a, and it's now become somewhat of a criticism from, from, from journalists out there that he turns through all these assisting coaches all the, all the time. Now, clearly, Glenn, you've, you've worked with him too, but the Wallabies at the moment have had uh, their assistance for a long, long time. Is there a balance between, between having that fresh input, which Eddie clearly likes?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Look, and, and knowing both guys, they'd be very tough to work with because they're, you know, they're so passionate and they're so... Um, ..emphasis on detail. Um, so, look, that does put a lot of pressure on the, on the support staff as well. Jeez, um, I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. <laughs> Check che- is a, a very loyal bloke, isn't
0: he? If you're if you're in Czech's camp, you're in Czech's camp, and
1: and you know, well, that might be the thing. You know, you might need, and we 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 speak about, it and it's been written about. You know, a, a head selector or, or, mm. or such as you know, in the days we were playing, there was always a head selector and, and the coach and someone else, but it could have been the um, manager or whatever. So that that might need to happen, you know, because some of the things that Czech has done, and look, and I don't want to be critical. But you know his selection policies over the period that he's been since the World Cup has been a little bit haphazard. it Has been all over the place. So someone has got a bit more stability in in that. Mm. You know.
3: What well, What would you like to see if you were picking that backline? Do you, Do you think Kirtley's best position is 12 still? And Bernard uh, Bernard look, and him have obviously got a long partnership together.
1: Look, my my backline would have Curtley Curtley at 15, right? Mm. Um. But then where do you put Israel? Yeah. You
0: know... and Dane Halapeti is probably playing his best exactly right footy and, uh, since he uh, pulled on a gold
1: jersey. Exactly right. So I'm not saying that he's been bad. Mm. I'm just saying that that's where Curtly's best position yes. is. Yep. Yep. You know, and and why doesn't Check when he gets back sit um, Israel down with a guy by the name of David Campisi who had that roving role, and that's what they want him to do. They want him to rove around to to inject himself into the play. On the weekend, it looked like he wasn't interested, to be honest yep. with you. He just wasn't interested. So get him to sit down with Camper, go through his game and what the opportunities... What he's got to look for um, to be able to make that that, that that bridge over the defensive line. But, like, Kirtley is definitely the the, the best fullback in Australia. And, what, and what Bernie makes, at 10? Yeah, probably Bernie at 10 and Tamua at 12. 12 yep. um, and we've got a few injuries with our outside centres, but... Um, I, I think we'd, we'd leave it then. After that,
2: and the, the other thing is with with at the moment with Curtley at ten is we're not actually <laughs> seeing a hell of a lot of of Matt Tamura at twelve, and that's partly I think because of the lateral movement of of running sideways to an extent.
1: I, I definitely I mean, Matt Matt's a good player and he's yeah. a steady player. You know, there's even an option to put him at him at ten at some stage, um, just to make sure. Look, he's got a good kicking game. He's got a good head in his shoulders. He takes the ball forward, so that'd probably be an option as well. But, but Curtly definitely at, at fifteen.
3: Why, why do you say that? What
1: would that allow the Wallabies to do if, if they made that move? Ah, oh, well, it gives them some confidence as well that a guy that's you know he's played Test matches before. He's he's currently at Leicester, you know, and, and playing the top grade. Um, I'd be very confident with playing outside side of Matt because his his options would be nine times out of ten the correct ones.
2: It was really interesting in the in the 25 minutes that Bernard Fowler came on because he replaced Jack Maddox, who, who went off with a hand injury. And, and I think Kurtley did go back to, to 15. And he looked, he, the spark of him running, and there was two or three occasions where he made half breaks. He didn't necessarily break the line completely. Once he, he offloaded Israel falau who unfortunately dropped the ball. But you, I think you're right there. It was a real impetus that he, he brought... Well, but, well there was,
1: but the thing about that as well, all of a sudden we started getting quick ball. Mm. Like if you look, go back to that game and watch it, yes, curtly injected with Bernard, but the ball that was coming from the forwards was just bang, 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 bang. You know, it was quick. Um, where previously the, the ball that was slow, we were passing the forwards, we were hitting one up off the ruck and then the, the second phase play. So the ball coming behind after the forwards was too slow. You know, the, the South Africans were rushing up holding their line and then when it went wide they'd just move up on them you know and, and we were losing 10 or 15 meters every time mm. Mm. you know instead of getting that quick ball flatten up the the 10 and then hit the forwards going hard or hit, hit the backs out wide they're playing
0: very very deep at the moment like you yeah. say you know going backwards a lot of the time um so just back to um to stephen larkham for a moment and you you touched on it earlier what a outstanding you know genius as, as a mm. player is it possible that a guy who is that smart as a player can actually um, struggle to impart that knowledge on, on others? That they can actually just... It's an innate ability that they have. Maybe they don't know why they were so good. Is that, is that possible? <laughs> well,
1: look, hard, hard to answer the question, but that's what it appears to be. I mean, you can't have... I mean, you watch a game where, where, where they're deep in the pocket, they're going to kick the ball. And that's, you know, if I was a fullback... Um, you would really easily read that. So, um, they oh, look. Steve is is a, a very clever clever footballer, mm. as we mentioned. Um, if he's not getting what he wants, he's got to change the plays. You know, and Czech's got to demand that. You know, he's got to demand that you're in charge of attack. This is the way that I want to play the game. Pick the plays or get the plays up to the speed or level that that I need them to be at.
0: So there's there's a couple of issues here and and you can distill it down to you know either there's poor coaching or there's players not carrying out the coach's wishes does something have to give like you know do, do they swing the axe here do they just have a have a clean out and you know I think the the acceptance is that the best players in the country are currently playing for the wallabies but you know does does the uh, consequence of not being able to perform these skills or not being able to deliver a game plan, should that consequence be you go off into purgatory for a little while? Well, is, is it a bit soft? Is the whole, is the whole system a bit soft
2: th- at the This moment? is 11 t- playing out 11, 12 months before a World Cup sure. sure. Okay,
0: So, but if that's the case and you go, oh, the World Cup's too close, we'll just persist with, with what we're doing at the moment. Is it? Isn't that the definition of madness? I mean, the question is, you know,
3: we are we are seeing those changes in, in the playing personnel, aren't we? They are sh- they are shaking it up and trying. You know, it's a, a bold move to to change the playmakers. So we are seeing that, and we have seen guys dropped, shuffled for poor performance. But yeah, the, the coaching staff obviously the one coming under the,
0: the mm. scrutiny more and more now, isn't it? And, and it is, but but you wonder, like, it comes back to catch and pass, you know. Very, very difficult to win games They're not, they're if you not can't playing catch with, and pass, or win a line out, or
3: not playing with confidence, are they? Is it, does that stand out to you? They just—they're just, they're, oh, they're a little bit of—they're no,
1: all—they're all over the place. Um, yeah, confidence is is inbred by. As I think George says all the time. If if we're winning games, you know that's that's the, the confidence. But we're not winning games, uh, no matter how hard they try. And we talked about Kernsey saying that you know you can't score for everything. You know we we've got to find something that, as I said a bit earlier, that's going to spark these guys into. You know, it could be, uh, you know, a, a good play, a big hit. I think you were, we were talking about a bit earlier. Uh, but something's got to change in, in your right mediocrity. And that's what we, we've been dealt up every week. It's so frustrating as we spoke about earlier. Going to the local shopping centre and every Tom, Dick, and Harry pulling us up and saying, what's up with Australian rugby? It's not up to us to defend Australian rugby. It's up to, Checker and the coaching staff and the team to get us out of this mire.
2: Something that Stephen Hoyles has been commenting on a lot recently is this is although the this is playing out on the international scale at the moment, say so with the, with the, with, all, with the Wallabies, that. You look at the the twenty results for the last six years, and, and we haven't made a, the semi-finals. Um, there's, there's there's constant talk about the NRC and whether or not that's the right pathway and direction. The the juniors, and we're just having the pathway system with the with the programs coming in. Is, is this all a combination now of of, of what's going on?
1: Well, I, I think it is. And, You know, the things that was is talking about should have been repli- you know should have been fixed years ago. Um, and we should be going into the golden era. But it's hard to put one your thumb on the the one reason why Australian rugby is struggling at the moment. But everything hinges on on the Wallabies, unfortunately. Mm. Um, If the Wallabies are winning and the Wallabies are going well, Australian rugby is going well. What about from a big-picture point of view, um, the the game
3: around the world? There's a lot of debate about the the health of it at the moment. Um, But do, do you enjoy watching international rugby? Are there... Particular teams, players, trends that you that you,
1: you know dialed in on at the moment? Oh, no, I, I love watching rugby obviously, especially international rugby. Um All blacks obviously are setting setting the pace and um and you know they they're gonna be hard to beat in the next World Cup. Uh, yeah, rugby is healthy and, and we we say to people, you know, who are bagging rugby in Australia, I said look rugby's going really well everywhere in the world. It's just struggling in Australia and yeah, you know, we compete against AFL and we compete against rugby league. But we've still got some really good athletes, and but that's been we've struggled with against those two codes for, for for many many years now. So we can't use that as an excuse. Um, whether it comes down to the coaching, and that coaching, when I want to say coaching, that could start at schoolboy level. Is that good enough to go, you know, to project these young players to the next level? I don't know. Hmm. So you know, we've got some good good thinkers in in Australian rugby. Rod Kafer is now now involved with the AAU. Um, we've just got to get back onto onto the basics of the game and teach the basics. Don't teach the flashy stuff. The flashy stuff comes with when you can do the basics well. If you do the basics well, then you'll be able to progress after that.
0: And I think that's that's certainly part of Case philosophy is trying to get um, from the very youngest ages a, a similarity in the way teams are, are coached. So so that you have this flow through effect um, right right throughout that you you want to play the same way, that, you, that you're using the same skills, that you're you know, having some of the same drills, some, trying to get uniformity throughout the
1: well, game. Well, again, right, Dick, you know, people, when we play, we played with a really flat line. People can't play like that. You've got to bring them back to to what they can handle and what level they're, they're at and then pro- slowly progress them forward. I think we, what's happening with the Wallabies, we're trying to play a game that's going to be attractive and we need that because, again, we're competing against the major codes but if we can't do that, we need to win, and by win could be throw the ball or two and drive the ball, you know, and then we get that confidence, and then we can start expanding our game. But at the moment, we're trying to play too wide, too early. Um We've got to get over the advantage line, and we've got to think of ways to get that. Unfortunately, with the, with the backs at the moment, with the, except with the line out, we're we're all well over the place. But we haven't had any deception in our plays. I, I, I think we played a couple of scrum plays. Where we had uh, Hodge come in from the side, or yep. the worst thing we had, we had Israel hit it up once and or maybe twice, and that 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 was it. Like, where, where's that flag gone? Mm well this
2: is all playing out I and mean, there's another test match to go this weekend with the with the rugby championship coming to uh, climax uh, argentina this weekend what have what have you made of argentina's rise over the, over the last couple of years but they're clearly doing pretty well
1: oh, i think i think they've been fantastic you know they got bitten by obviously a very good all-black side in the weekend but i think what they, they've taken back is the the offloads where they're offloading the ball a lot more and did Australia offload a ball yeah, that, last weekend? I did, no, one or two. You had two. them on, yeah. on, on one yeah. hand. So they're offloading the ball. They've got some very exciting outside backs and with the licence to just, just you know, run the ball. Um, so it's a really big danger game for us, especially if you, I think they're in Salta they this yeah, week yeah. At, at altitude. Were you there uh, last year? With, with, uh, yeah. We were in uh, San Jose and uh, I can't remember the other one. Mate just a blur. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> he but, he but had you know, some playing red one. But playing in Argentina <laughs> with I'm mainly on soccer fields with the moat and they're throwing bungers at you and yeah. you know, they're abusing the whistles and stuff like that. It's, one, it's a great environment, but it's a harsh environment if you're playing there. So you know, they, they lift their, their 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 team. So you know, it's a really dangerous game for Australia. As everyone is, yeah.
3: You mentioned earlier on that you you can still see the Wallabies being competitive next year. You know the World World Cup year. Um, so like you, you, that suggests that these things are fixable, and, and and Checker can pull a rabbit out of the hat somehow. I mean, what what would well, you, what he, would need to happen for that to <laughs> to, to, to click? And it, it's very it's very close, sort of one through eight in it the is, world, in world is. rankings,
1: isn't it? Look, it's, it's some of the things haven't, haven't gone his way. I mean, as I said, the team hasn't really clicked for for many. Many months now, many games. Um, that could happen. I mean, you got the, the, the team 10 months out from the last World Cup. Mm. Um, and, you know, got to, got to a, to a final. So, you know, it's still there. I still, I say all the time, no matter how bad Australia's playing, Whilst they're in that competitive World Cup, there's still a chance. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and it
0: all comes back to confidence. I'm, I'm certain of that. I yeah. you, you win a couple, they look at each other and think, oh, we can do this. Yeah. And at the moment, they've forgotten how to win, I think.
1: Well, it is. I mean, they, they, yes, they've got one more game to go. Then they've got, what, three or four in the Northern Hemisphere Tour? Uh,
0: three. Three this year, three. yeah. Yep.
1: You know, look, if they don't win those games, they've got to play well, you know. If we get beaten by the All Blacks, but people are saying, gee, Australia played really well and we're not that far away. Mm. We can't say that at the moment, mm. so. Um, that's what we need to get back. If we're not that far away, by the time we come to the World Cup next year, we'll be a lot closer. Well, we've
2: spoken a lot about the Wallabies and their shortcomings, but the Springboks... So I don't even know if I've mentioned the score yet, but 23-12 winners, and this comes off the back of them beating the Blacks too. So it's not like the, the Springboks is a, a poor side by any stretch of the imagination. And, and their defensive effort was once again incredibly outstanding. Do we place too much emphasis at the moment on... On the Wallabies' score or scoring points, but well, they but don't not need to, or well, they cause they certainly <laughs> do need to. But South Africa's proving that that yeah. defence is is what you've got to build your team around.
1: Yeah, it's fair, fair to pay
3: credit a lot of credit to the Springboks who have defended incredibly well the last. Two games, but yeah, you know, clearly we are going to focus on on but the you, Aussie side of things. But but,
1: but if you do that, well, whilst well, I agree with that too, but we didn't shot that much at them to yep. to break their defence. Mm. And that's that's a disappointing thing. If if we'd have used all our arsenal and and put in the tricky moves and we hit the ball hard and stuff like that, and no defenders. Yes, by all means, put up your hand and say that. But you, gee, we fell into their 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 trap early. You know, giving the outside. You know that it looks like there's space there. The ball goes over the top and we they come across and. And, and cover it fairly easily. Um, so that's a, that's a disappointing thing about it. It's almost like there was a
2: temptation to go wide because Cheslin Colby's the, a, t- a the, the, tiny... That's tiny, what they want you to do, though. That's yeah,
1: right. They, they, we fell into that.
3: Yeah. Using the sideline as a defender. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah, wasn't an effort thing, though, was it? The effort is, seems to still be there. It's skill execution and, and, and game plan, from, from
1: what I can well, see. Well, it's, it's, it's rugby now. You know, it's thinking on your feet, you know, making those adjustments as, as you go along. You know, that's, that's what's got to happen. You're
0: listening to the Fox Rugby Podcast. Glenn, um, just want to pick up on uh, something that we... Sort of touched on a little bit earlier, but uh, Eddie Jones and your time with Eddie Jones—you've known him for such a long time now. How many years do you reckon you've, uh, you know, worked and did you? You would have played
1: together too, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, we've known Eddie for about fifty-five years, yeah. fifty-four years. So, you're reasonably well placed. Well placed. You're reasonably well placed to talk about. You know him, but do you really know? Him? Well, that, that, yeah, <laughs> indeed. So,
0: but how has he changed uh, over time? You know, from the from the time that you worked, even as an assistant with him. With the Wallabies, how
1: has he changed? Uh, look, I think he's m- m- well mature. Well, it's hard to say a 60-year-old, sorry, 59-year-old per- person maturing. But I think he's not as uh, uh, as intense as he, that he was. Well, he appears to be on TV. But, you know, when when he's coaching, he's nowhere near as as demanding as he, he used to be. Yes, he still needs the guys to get to a certain level. Um, but he's more willing to be a little bit uh, slower in criticism um, for those players. So... Yeah. Where, do, where
2: do you think uh, England is at at the moment? Because uh, they came out of the last World Cup and didn't get it out of the pools. There's a lot of pressure on them at the moment because they have a little bit like Australia, have, have struggled this year. Um, and and the, and the World Cup, it's, it's going uh, to come around pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I, do, I do speak to Eddie, and after that, that, that run of losses, obviously, uh, the last season, it's very important that he, he picks it up and obviously he has a win. Uh, you think Australian press are pretty uh ruthless um, it, it, it hurts him it does that um, it a bit like check that you know they 're working very hard on to win games and it 's just not happening so it 's a little bit frustrating you 're right about where, what does he do with his midfield backs i think I think they need a Pocock. they, they haven 't had a genuine number seven for for many many years to be able to contest at that that breakdown so he 's got to pull um pull one of those people out of the hat. Um, and then, you know, what do you do with the backs? Mm. You know?
2: There can't be any question that when England's had success over the last couple of years, it's it's been because, well, they've had Billy Vanapala in that side and, and yeah. recently yeah, he's been not injured. been
1: there. That's right. It, oh, like he's, he's, similar to Australia. Yeah, he's the world's biggest man, I'm telling you, Billy. And, uh, <laughs> and he does take the ball forward and that's that's the thing. He gets across the advantage line from standing starts and and a lot of the, the attack is then based off uh, off the back of that um, and that's why we talk about Australia, you know, having a big back rower cutting the ball across mm. the advantage line. We're not, we haven't got one of those. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's under pressure. I mean, a couple of more losses and they'll be calling for his head. Obviously, they won't do anything before part of the World Cup, but um, they, they're, they're demanding. They've got a lot of money. They spend a lot of money mm. and they're demanding the results.
0: It's been an incredible turnaround, hasn't it? Because with that run of, what, 16 in a row, wasn't it? Um, 18. 18. 18 in a row. Um, Remarkable run, and he had the press in the palm of his hand. Yeah. They were they were laughing at yeah. his little one-liners, and they were all over him. But there was also at the same time a little undercurrent. They were almost just waiting for, uh, for the bloke from down under just to trip up a little bit, and they were going to be at his throat. Oh, and look, that's Exactly
1: I, what happened. I suppose. Yeah, as I said, I spoke to Eddie. He was he was saying they were they're waiting for me to lose, mm. without doubt. Um, and then you 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 don't lose one, you lose two or three on, a, on the trot, and. And the blade toss is on you. I mean, it's like any position, uh, occasion, position in world rugby with the with the major teams, the pressure's on. Um, as Czech is finding out now as well. And Eddie's, Eddie's the same thing. He's, um, he's got to decide on his best team as well, and you just push him forward. Just keep on playing him.
2: The Wallabies are going to take on England later this year in November. One of the last year and I think I think you were there when the Indigenous jersey was in in uh in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. And um unveiled and and there's been a bit of talk and Rugby Australia certainly won't confirm anything at the moment, but if the Wallabies are to wear it it would likely be against England at, at Twickenham. Uh that would be a, another special thing. Do you think do you, would you like to see the Indigenous oh, jersey? Definitely. Definitely. Each each year, uh, do you think it could become um,
1: integrated into the, the the national colours each time they they run out? Oh, I I think I think we we could do that. Um, I know it was a dead rubber uh, last year in Brisbane, but still to beat the All Blacks uh, was a great achievement. And I mean, I don't speak to Czech a lot, but I text him and said, "Mate, you should play in that jumper every every time you play." You know, because um, especially with guys like Kirtley and and the other guys, there's a lot of um, Islander boys in there, and they respect. What Curtley his upbringing and and the you know Australia's first people and stuff like that. So um, because that, the jersey well, just well,
2: doesn't just symbolise Aboriginal people; it's, it's Indigenous people on the, on the whole.
1: Well, it's it's, it's it, it is, and it's it's the history and it's the the culture that goes with it. And if you're not Indigenous, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you they were the first people. Australian, Aboriginals were sixty thousand years old and so forth. Um, that they, they're playing for that. I mean, you look at the Maoris, for mm. example, how passionate they are when they, when they play. And they do the haka and, and they get behind it. And it doesn't matter. All the other players, non-Indigenous players, are, are passionate about it as well.
0: Welcome to Country has become such an integral part now of, of our test matches. But, yeah. but what did it say to you on that night in Brisbane with the Indigenous jersey? Well, the oh. fact that it, it... But it wasn't just the, the team that embraced it. The, the entire... Australian rugby community. Exactly. Got on jerseys board with were it. sold
2: out well yeah. in advance. They have it it more must more. have
0: been, as a, as a proud Indigenous man, that must have been huge for you. Well, it was
1: recognition of our culture um, and our, probably our input into Australian rugby, even though, you know, there's only about 14 Indigenous Wallabies, uh, it's still a recognition of what's gone on in the past and hopefully what could, could even be better in the future. So um, for my brothers, and all the other indigenous players that play for the Wallabies, it was recognition that you know we uh, have some part of, of history in, in in Australian rugby. Before we let you go, there's a couple of other brothers
2: across the ditch that are going pretty well with with Geordie Scott and Bowden Barrett. Um, do, do you watch them and, and think about the old times of when Gary and
1: Mark and you were running around? Oh uh, yeah, I carried them for years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it does. It's it's good to see 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 the guys. Um, playing, you know, three three players playing in in the test match. We never got to do that. We only had two of us on on the field at any at one time. We we got close a couple of times, but it is good to see that in the. How their their parents must be pulling their hairs out, you know, and nervous and stuff like that. Uh, Who would win a backyard game, Ellers versus the Barretts? <laughs> uh, the big second up uh, definitely <laughs> the Barretts. <Yeah>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they got a bit oh. more size. They yeah.
3: win the line- they win the anyway. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> um, Glenn, it is terrific uh, to have you with us today and and just have a chat. And I think we've covered uh, a fair bit. And, and I know that you are desperately wanting the Wallabies to to have some success as we head towards the World Cup, as as we all are, and uh, and hopefully Czech is a, a big part of that going forward. I hope so too. Terrific. Thanks for being on board. My pleasure. And thank you for your company this week on the Fox Rugby Podcast.